Hi, my name is Julie. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from alcoholism and self-protection. My mother was struggling with alcoholism as my parents divorced when I was two years old. She would go on to marry five more times, but we were basically a single-parent family. From a young age, I had always felt different and like I didn't fit in. It was like I didn't get the instruction manual that everyone else got. I felt like I was terminally unique. At home, I grew up not feeling heard, accepted, or given unconditional love. I felt unworthy. I became self-sufficient at an early age because it was a necessity and it served me well at the time. But later in life, it was very difficult to surrender to God because I thought I could run the show. I did the best I could as an unsupervised 11-year-old, but internally I was crushed in spirit. I began to use rejection as a form of self-protection. I held people at arm's length because I feared rejection, abandonment, and judgment. I never felt safe. I turned off my feelings at a young age because of the pain, and I never turned it back on. I grew up as an occasional churchgoer, Christmas Eve, Easter, or 8 a.m. service with my grandparents, which I hated because it was too early. In my 30s, I visited different churches and began attending one somewhat regularly. However, I would arrive just as the service started and leave as soon as it was over, and I wondered why I never felt connected. Eventually, I attended a course that taught me about Jesus, my sin, and how Jesus had died on the cross as a payment for my sin. And then I invited him to my life as Lord and Savior. I trusted God with my eternity, but tr still tried to manage the day-to-day -day on my own. I had my first drink at 12 and my first blackout at 13. Blackouts were a part of my story from the very beginning. I was probably 30 before I realized how just how not normal blackouts are. And for me, they were a source of a lot of shame because I couldn't remember anything. I was mortified when one would, someone would tell me what I had done while I was drunk, even if it wasn't bad and they thought it was funny. I could not have vocalized then, but I drank to change the way I felt. I never felt okay in my own skin. There was no rhyme or reason to the nights that I just could not stop drinking. And there was always the shame. For the most part, it seemed as if the shame was the only consequence I experienced from my drinking. I hadn't lost relationships or jobs. There were no DWIs or wrecked cars. I didn't have hangovers or miss work. I was a f my friends drank like I did. I was a functional alcoholic. But I did have the consequences of not living up to my potential and the toll that was taken on my self-esteem. As time went on, the frequency and amount of my drinking increased to, an earlier, to earlier in the day and at home alone. The scope of my life got smaller and lonelier. Everything about drinking moved, moved me further and further from God. He was not the center of my life, and I was not surrendering to his will. 
I had been thinking about quitting drinking for about two years. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was ready to stop and willing to go to any length to get sober. I was beaten into submission by my unhappiness. I had tried to do things on my own for many years. I realized that I needed to ask God for his help every day and to do things his way. In 2009, a good church friend of mine started attending Watermark, and she asked me if I would like to attend Regeneration with her. I didn't really know much about it, but I was a joiner and always ready for self-improvement, so I quickly agreed. One night, about five months in, a woman's testimony changed my life. She talked about an analogy where Christ is literally a home where my heart is literally a home for Christ. She described the different rooms of a house as the different aspects of our life with Christ. In Ephesians 3.16, Paul writes that God may strengthen you in the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The first room that she described was the study, the library of the mind. Next came the dining room, the room of appetites and desires. We moved to the living room where we could have good talks and fellowship. The tour continued through the workroom, rec room, and bedroom, till finally we reached the hall closet that was under lock and key, the stinky hall closet where all the secrets were kept. Hearing about the stinky hall closet really convicted me. When we broke up into our small groups, I immediately confessed to the other women that I thought I was drinking too much. The next week, I went to my first AA meeting and admitted that I was an alcoholic. That was June 5th of 2009, and I just celebrated 10 years of sobriety. When I was drinking, my life became darker and darker. I had previously invited Christ into my life, but I was not giving him much to work with. After I confessed my sin to my small group, I could really feel God working in my heart and in my life. He filled the hole in my heart that only he can. As time went on, I became willing to admit that I was trying to run the show and not doing a very good job. It was exhausting. Finally, I surrendered all of my life to God. It was, not it was not the humiliating defeat that I had always feared. I just had to cease fighting. And when I surrendered, I actually won. So, what is my life like now? First of all, I've had the privilege of co-leading my second small group of women, amazing women. I am so inspired by their courage, honesty, determination, and authenticity. Secondly, thanks to God and to regeneration, I don't live a life of shame, misery, and loneliness anymore. Action was required to cut away my self-will that had blocked me from having an intimate relationship with God. I now surrender to God daily and strive to be all in in all things. I've learned to be gentler and more patient with myself. Progress, not perfection. I used to have such negative self-talk. I would always say things to myself that I would never say to another human being. 
I put myself at the top of my amends list in step eight to stop condemning myself. Paul states in Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm learning to see myself through God's eyes as a courageous, beautiful, authentic woman of God. I no longer feel less than. I have a new life in Christ. There's nothing that I can ever do that will make God love me any more or any less. God has helped me to eliminate this self-defeating behavior. By feeling the love of Jesus Christ every day, I am convicted to extend to others the same grace that God has given me. Recovery is not a one and done. This is my third time through the regeneration curriculum. And I could swear that I have never before heard the word self-protection used to describe sin struggle. God is still working on me. When we are ready, more will be revealed. It's during this last year that I have become aware of how I keep people at arm's length and construct protective walls around myself. God is working on my heart and challenging me to get outside of my comfort zone. I may get hurt, but together God and I can handle anything. He will never leave me or forsake me. I am called to continue to abide in Jesus and struggle well in recovery. God is never exhausted by my constant incontinence inconsistency. To the newcomers, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. Tonight, I would encourage you to listen for the similarities and not the differences. My name is Julie. I have a new life in Christ. I'm recovering from alcoholism and self-protection, and to God be all the glory.